Welcome to Real Faith. You are listening to Faith FM Radio with Robbie and Tash. How are you going today? I'm doing really well, Robbie. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am uh, super excited to be here with you today. And uh, tell me, tell me, give me like a 30-second rundown of what's been happening in your world, Tash. So I'm a uni student, so I've been doing classes, I've been working out, I'm on lockdown, and um, yeah, I've been cooking, and yeah, that's me. That's yeah. my week, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been excellent. Good. That sounds really good. Yeah. Well, I've been really stoked because uh, during lockdown, it's been a bit challenging in a number of ways, as it is for many people. And um, one of the things that has been a real blessing to me is in, in my pastoral work, I've been allowed to do some pastoral care visits this week um, to go and check in on some of some of our, our our lovely church folk and community folk who've been isolated and going through some challenges. It's been a real blessing, and today I got to catch up with some people and visit them, and just you know, it's just been a real blessing because I tell you what, I didn't realize that I was a people person as much as I am until and so I there's no see people. there's no people around. Right. Oh, absolutely, that's I right. Hear you. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we were talking about before. This is. Uh, I'm just trying to think. So, <laughs> okay. During lockdown, it is because you're not like, because a lot of us are not getting up, getting dressed, going to work the same way that we perhaps would be doing normally. There's a number of things that I've noticed people forgetting to do. Um, so, for example, at church, we were doing online church via Zoom this uh, this this last Sabbath on on the weekend. And uh, what was really fascinating is I, there were a couple of people who got dressed up, right? Like they would normally dress up a little bit for church, and that's fine. And uh, they were calling in from home. They've been on lockdown for a while, and they were dressed up a little bit more for church. And I thought, you know, it's really interesting some of the things that we might forget or the things that help us get into the mindset of feeling like we're going somewhere, doing something different. And today, um, I forgot to wear deodorant. And um, <laughs> I think that, It's okay, everybody. You know, I can't smell anything. Yeah. It's okay. For yeah. now. And, but for I'm now. just wondering, what, what are the kind of things that you are forgetting out there that uh, – you know, you might be forgetting on lockdown because you're like, oh, I'm at home. I don't need to worry about it. You know, have you not shaved in like six weeks or, you know, the, like the things that you would normally do, whatever those things may be. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you about that. Send in at any time during the show just some of your uh, some of your lockdown forgotten habits. Well, Robbie, I forgot the, the, the two times I had to come to radio in the last week, week or, week or so. I forgot my keys both times. You forgot your keys. I walked straight to the car with no keys because I haven't had to drive oh, that's anywhere. Good. At least you didn't get... Uh, I yeah, can't I guess, go anywhere in the car that, without yeah, keys. Yeah, that's obvious. I was thinking, how did you get here without your keys? But it's just like, oh, that's just like, you know, you pick it up on the way out the door. But yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Going to be yeah. great. Well, stick around, my friends. You can call us at 0491-064-669 with that or your questions of the week. And we're going to have a great show lined up for you today hearing from our friend Kira. And uh, we're also going to be continuing the journey of Exodus in Exodus chapter 20. This is John Bryant. Were you there?
Listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and we are stoked to have you with us. And uh, just going to do a quick shameless plug before our weird and wonderful segment that uh, we would love to hear from you throughout the day. So please tell us a little bit more about the strange things that you have forgotten since you've been on lockdown, and also send in any of your questions that you would like us to have a look at about the Bible, about God, Jesus, you name it, we'd love to talk about it with you. And you can send either of those things in to 0491-064-669 by calling or texting. That number again is 0491-064-669. And uh, the, today, the, the first caller in is going to receive a free copy of a book called... I've only got so much theme music in my head. We'll tell you about it next time. It's all right. We're gonna we're gonna find out what it was and tell you in the after the next uh, after the next song. But like, sorry, everyone. It has come time today for what a weird, wonderful world God has made. So let's find out more about that. What do you have for us today, Tash? I'm excited. So I know that a lot of us are doing a lot of. Online shopping. A lot of us are probably are probably of- losing our retirement funds to online shopping. This is true. Choose wisely, my friends. Choose, Choose wisely. Choose very wisely. I think I've purchased about $1,000 of climbing gear since lockdown started. Really? Anyway, we'll just move on from that subject. Oh. But my wife knows. It's okay. Well, I... It's- <laughs> You can have that conversation with her. I'll leave. I'll leave that to you. Yeah. But what have you bought during yeah. lockdown? Anyway, anyway, you can tell us well, all these I, things. I People haven't actually know. bought a lot during lockdown because I'm I'm a stuffer for the um the I want the free delivery. So I want to make sure if there's a click and collect option, I will do the click and collect. And did you know that some stores actually do the? You don't have to even collect it. They'll come to your boot and drop it off into your boot. Like in your car, wow. Yeah, they'll come to your car. You don't even have to get out of the car. Just make sure the boot's open. 
I have, yeah. I have a feeling all of our fitness is going to just decrease more and more and more. That what was that? There was that movie where the the people all just lived in front of screens all the time. Yeah, I feel like that's happening. Anyway, so, sorry, so back real, to you. Real play one. That's okay. And it got me thinking because there's a there's a current strike that's happening with um, toll, and it's going to affect everybody's online shopping that they've done. But um, just this whole idea of like people shopping on your behalf, because I come from. I still like to go to the grocery store and pick out my own groceries. Yeah, it's kind of like when sense. you're a kid and you go, <laughs> your mom buys all your clothes for school for you. Yeah, right. Like and this, they, is this and, season's outfit for Robbie. Yeah, but that totally makes 12. sense. They they know what you need. You're, if if you aged eight went in there, it probably all Superman costumes. All you know, it would be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no school uniforms, and there wouldn't be any socks or okay, those sorts yeah. of things. I'll, I'll take that. I'll buy it. Yeah. See. <laughs> I won't debate with you on on air. Let's continue. But like people, no. <laughs> people are well, <laughs> and people are buying their groceries online. That's where we were, and um, things like I we're not while I'm doing my shopping, I watch the um, the guys with their click and collects going up and down. Have you seen those guys? I have no idea what you're talking like about. To be they've got trolleys and they've got like an iPad. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so they're doing the click okay. and collects, but I've seen some of them like go through the bananas, and they don't they don't check the bananas. They just. Like it says, a kilo of bananas. They grab a kilo of bananas. But when I when I you know, when I go to the bananas, I want. I, well, I'm just saying. Hey, I'm going to put it out there, Tash. Yeah. As soon as you said I'm going to click and collect something that you provide for me, you gave up that option. You gave up your right to choose. When you go to the shop and you pick up the three different shirts that are the same size, and you you want to get the one that's got exactly the right the right shade of green yeah. from that right print. You gave that right up when you ordered online. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is very true. Like, you don't get the feel. You don't get that. That's very true. There's pros and cons yeah. to everything, there, my friend. There is definitely pros and cons, and you don't get to choose your own bananas. But it's this whole idea of someone doing something on your behalf. Uh-huh. Yeah. So doing something on your behalf. And like through some of the stories that we've been traveling through, Moses has been doing a lot of things on behalf of the Israelites. And so... Legally, you can do so. You can you can get people to do things for you legally. So they can do your banking. They can do your investing. Yeah, like a power of attorney. Kind yeah, of so thing. like a power of attorney or proxy. Um, you can Ooh, a proxy vote. Yeah, proxy votes. Yeah. So that's that's a very real thing. So if you don't, um, if you're uh, ill or if you don't have the ability to, ability to be at that place where they're having the meeting, then you can um, give permission to somebody to go and speak on your behalf. Yeah, so the other, and then there's times where you need to, like, your vote really matters or you need to be at that place, but you can't be there. So some, sometimes they have to actually get your permission off you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So one way you're giving and another time you have to get. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 So I, I just really like this whole idea because, uh, this week, um, I did some insurance things for my dad and all the names on the documents are my dad's name. But I just said, I'm just doing this on behalf of, and nobody questioned. I just thought it was really interesting. Like That's a scary amount of power. I'm it be was. It you. was. Yeah, it's a scary amount of power. It's like the position of a parent or a legal guardian almost, yeah. right? Like, that's a bit scary. Yeah. And and going back to what you are saying earlier about um, being a kid and being able to choose what you wanted, for kids, because I was sharing this with my niece and nephew, my fun fact for the week, and they're like, but yeah, mom, mom and dad do that for us because... Because they know better, and, and it just made a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, just this whole idea of, like, people uh, can actually do things on your behalf. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And there's a – oh, we're, we're running out of time to say this, but what's really cool is that this is kind of connecting in in a big way to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He has taken our shame, our pain, 
and paid that on our behalf and given us the life that we didn't earn or deserve. Isn't that beautiful? This is Zach Simpson, More of You. As I stand here in the rain, my life is full of pain. And I need you again, I call out to you I know you hear me I'm broken and confused I need your presence to break through Flow like a river Crash like the sea Your peaceful presence Washes over me, overwhelming, embracing me like arms of a father. You are holding me.
washes over me. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it has come that portion of our show where we hear some. Oh, I, I never know what to say on this. We're, uh, to our testify segment. That's testify what I should say. Yeah. Our testify segment where we hear real stories from real people today and what Jesus has done or is doing right now in their lives. And so today we've got our friend Kira on. Are you there, Kira? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, hey. Kira. Lovely to hey. have you. We're super excited to hear from you today. And um, I just wanted, for our listeners' sake, uh, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself? A brief introduction. Oh. Okay. Um well, my name's Kira. I'm studying to be a pastor. I graduate this year. Um, oh, and it's my birthday next week. Ooh, so, well, happy birthday in advance. Yeah. Super Thank exciting. <laughs> and I know Kira personally. Kira is a very lovely person and a devout follower of Jesus. And we're super excited to hear from you today on whatever this story is that you're going to share with us. I actually have no idea. It's a total surprise to me. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to hear what God either has done or is doing in your life Um and whenever you're ready, you can take it away. Let us know. Oh, awesome. Um, so today I wanted to tell a story from my uni break, which was actually just really a few weeks ago. Um, so I've finished the semester. I was pretty tired, um, had a lot going on. Um, but then my friend actually passed away, one of my close friends. Oh, no. And on top of everything that had already happened for the semester, that was massive and so um dealing with that and then you know going to her funeral and then the next day I actually got on a flight to go to Cairns um because I was going to be doing a ministry placement so a placement for my course just four hours north of Cairns um and so it's been really really massive just going from thing to thing um but then when I got to Cairns I was really excited because I was thinking, okay, um, you know, you've been looking forward to your placement for months. You're finally going. This is great. Um, but after we got there, things just kept holding up our trip. Um, it got pretty insane. Um, even like we were on the bus one day and we all had to get off because somebody um, had was a bit sick. So they needed to get tested for COVID. Um, half of our team couldn't come up because of border closures with COVID. And so thing after thing kept happening. Until on Saturday night, the day before um, a revised date to go up north, um, me and a few of the other students got told, hey, you have to go home because we'd entered Queensland um, after the 21st of June. And so, yeah, yeah, it was like, it was devastating. Um, I was really disappointed. Um, Yeah, I I can't really explain how disappointed I was, Um, but... Instead of going home, which is Sydney for me, um, or close by, I decided and said, hey, um, I'll just go on my original return flight, which was to Brisbane, actually, because I was going to spend some time holidaying there. And that was really the best thing I ever could have done um, because I ended up going to stay with my uncle and my aunt and um, my two cousins, so their sons, who were 10 and 7. And I had to spend a week in the house um, isolating. <laughs> Um, you know, doing the right thing. Um, and during that time, I was just, you know, 
I was questioning. I was like, why did this happen to me? Um, it's just been too much, like, to have everything happen and then not to be able to do my placement. It's just too much. Um, but throughout that week, you know, I spent time playing with my cousins. Um, they're pretty active. So lots of basketball, lots of ball games. Um, and spending some time getting back into scripture as well and sort of recovering and sort of, you know, searching for God again. Mm. But still, um, you know, I was, in a, I was in a hard spot and I was in a low spot um, and sort of thinking like, you know, God, where are you? Um, and one day we went, I went to the beach with my family, so my uncle and my aunt and their boys. And my cousin, we were looking at the sunset. It was a beautiful sunset. Like one of those sunsets that you see about once in a year and you're like, yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, yeah, it was wonderful. Lots of pinks, lots of purples, um, some orange in there as well. And my cousin said to me, hey, Kira, God made that sunset just for you. And I was like, whoa. Um, and then it sort of sung in and I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Um, because I love pink and it was super pink. So <laughs> I, in that moment, I sort of felt like, hey, God has been looking out for me. Um, I was able to spend time in, in Queensland. I was able to see friends and family and I was able to do another placement. I was able to organize something else so that I could keep moving through my course, which is really good. Um, and so I was able to see, hey, God has been here with me the whole time. God is looking after me. God does care about me. And no matter how hard it gets, he's here with me because he really cares for me. So, mm. yeah, that's just what I wanted to share today. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Kira. It actually reminds me of a verse from Romans 8, verse 28, where Paul says, For, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all the things that happen are good, but it says that God can bring good out of even those difficult circumstances. And I love that, that just that idea in your story that was shared, that God was able to utilize a difficult situation and then to bring good out of that in other ways that were unexpected. And man, our God is a God who's able to redeem all sorts of difficult circumstances. Thank you so much for your story, Kira. May thank God so continue much, to Kira. bless you in your studies and in your ministry. And thank you so much for joining us today. This is Adam Baker, Build Your Kingdom. Build your kingdom in our hearts, oh God. Build your kingdom in our hearts. In our hearts, oh God, build your kingdom in our hearts. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Come and take. Oh God, 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, we're the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson, and you can join us every morning on The Breakfast Show. We cover news that matters and do our encounter with God. We also have an intense quiz, great giveaways, or inspiring music, and best of all, you can have your say and be a part of the Bracky family. We're live across Australia, so check your Faith FM program for your local airtime. This is a rerun of Real Faith. Make sure you join Thursdays at 3.30 for the live show. You are listening to Real Faith. That surprised me, that ending. You are, you're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. It sounded little, like something else was about to start. Yeah, it sounded like it was leading it. Maybe on the record, there's another track that comes after that. Anyway, okay. that was Alison Brooke Revelation song, Choose the Lamb, um, from I think the album, The Heart of the Matter. So we are going to get back into our Bible study. So last week, we looked at the oh but before we do ooh, ooh. we want to tell everybody because we couldn't tell them last time oh that's right yeah so shameless plug come on shameless plug Let go call, for it tash call in or text your questions uh, we'd love to hear from you um we have a book a, a giveaway to the first caller um who calls and the, the the name of the book is radical protection by Derek j morris now this book is about um the battle between good and evil and about how we can protect ourselves by putting on the armor of god and um, it looks like a really interesting book. And yeah, just to our first um, first caller today, 
Uh, we'd love to engage with you and interact with you. We want to hear your questions and you can direct all those or text them in or call to 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Yeah. Awesome. So we would love to hear from you. Beautiful. Okay, so before we get into our Bible study, let's do a quick recap. Last week, we, or, or, or last, last show, last episode, those things are all true. Um, we, we talked about the, we, we read through Exodus 19 and part of Exodus 20, and we discovered the, the arrival of the Israelites at Mount Sinai, yeah. or also known as Mount Horeb. And we discovered that that's the same mountain, and, we discovered some amazing things. God appears to the people. We saw that he spoke to the people. Um, he set them off as a boundary to say, don't come up onto this mountain because as we know from other places in Scripture, he says, no man can see my face and live. And as we discovered all of those things, we entered into the most important part when we read what we refer to often as the Ten Commandments, which the Hebrews usually refer to as the Ten Words or Decalogue. And what's fascinating about this is in the first commandment it says, and we'll remember this hopefully if you were here last time, but if not, I want to preface what we're doing today with this because this is the most important point. Point, point, that's not a word. Point, part. It's kind of point and part put together. Yes. But uh, the most important point, excuse me, um, to highlight when we enter into the Ten Commandments is that it starts with this. It doesn't finish with this. It's not excluded. But the first commandment starts by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Past tense. And then he says, you shall have no other gods before me. Remember, this is what God speaks from the mountain. He then writes it himself on the tablets of stone. So it's it's very important for us to get this into our mind. He puts that in there. That is the story of salvation by grace through faith in the very Ten Commandments themselves. And I love this. Then we talked about the first four commandments and how they deal with the promise that God says, if you, you, know, you have been saved from the slavery that you were in, this is how you will now live. This is the blessing that is being given to you. The commandments are also enablings, right? Um, I love this idea. And it starts off by saying, you shall have no other gods before me. It says, you shall not make carved images or idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and you shall remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And we explored those last week. If you didn't get a chance to follow that and you'd like to learn more, you can hit us up on our on Faith FM's website. Go to Real Faith, and you can listen to last week's episode on there. But now, without any further ado, we're going to continue because we started with those first four commandments, which all deal with our relationship to God individually. And starting from the commandment five, which we're going to continue with today, it starts to deal with our relationship, not vertically between us and God, but horizontally between us and the rest of humanity. So we're going to start with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, please fill us with your spirit. And we just ask in the name of Jesus that you'd speak to our hearts today. Make it clear and lead us in terms of how you would have us respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to start in verse uh, 12. Okay, so we're in Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Now what's really interesting about what What sticks out to you about this? What is this saying? It's, well, it's, it's <laughs> look, I, I have no extra words to add, but the fact that it says honor your father and mother. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. There's a lot of cool stuff in here. We could draw a lot out of this. 
Number mm-hmm. one, this is uplifting the, the, the blessing and the design of God's intentions for the nuclear family. A father and a mother are required to consummate life and to conceive life, and they are supposed to stay involved in, in as much as possible in the lives of their children and the development and growth of the family unit. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Point number two, he says, honor them. Now, here's a question for you. Are there times where, like, like I just want to get into the nitty-gritty. Let's get, let's get nitty-gritty right here. All right, okay, so there are times where you might go, yeah, but if I honor my, my mother and my father, that means I'm going to have to do things that are actually against God's will, right? So what, what do you do? This makes sense, right? This, this commandment makes sense in the context of I've got God-fearing parents who are doing the right thing, who are raising me up in the fear of God, um, who are living Christ-like lives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who want the best for me. But what do you do when your parents are not living that life? What do you do if your parents are not God-fearing people? And what if they're misleading you and leading you into terrible behaviors? What if they're leading you into you know, substance abuse? What if they're abusing you or neglecting you? What do you do there? What's God saying here? You're just looking at me with total silence like you don't want to be the person who has to answer that question, Tash. <laughs> No, I was actually asked this question at a summer camp. Yeah. And it was because uh, this young girl wanted to give her life to God, but her dad was against Christians. And she said, so how do I honor my dad and how do I do what I want to do for God? But he doesn't agree with, with, yeah, with what, with, with this, with this decision that she's made. And I just said to her, like, like parents are not perfect. And I think when we get to number five, we still have to remember those, commandments number one to four because it's that relationship with god if they're not in that relationship that god-fearing relationship with god they're actually not able to because that relationship helps you like understand who you are and then you can then be a good person to another if that makes you know your vertical relationship with god helps in your relationship with others mm. and it's the same with parenting so if they're doing something that is not good for you that is not in, in your best interests, then you have to default back to what does God want from me? I think that's a powerful point. Yeah. A powerful point. So I guess not not saying, not neglect what your parents maybe have to in some situations, maybe respecting for them for who they are, but then realizing I have an ultimate father who I, I need to go to. And I think that's a really good point to make. Point number one, if some, if anybody... Point number one, you are to, we're called to honor and respect our parents. And by the way, this is the first commandment given that has a promise attached to it, right? Like he says that the days, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, right? So there's a promise attached to this. When we honor and respect our parents, it's going to be for our blessing. It's going to be for the prolonging of our life. Let's be honest. In most instances, parents who are all imperfect people, just like mm. the rest of us, yep. um, are doing the best they can with the best that they know to do for your best long-term good, right? Like that's what most parents are trying and endeavoring to do. And in that respect, we should learn from their wisdom. They're older than us. They've, they've made enough of their own mistakes. They've got experience. They're going to benefit us. If we respect them, it's actually going to be to our benefit. And we should respect and honor our parents. But in the rare occasions, hopefully they're rare, where what they're doing is leading you into things that are against what God clearly is making plain – Sometimes there has to be a distinction drawn where I say, I will honor you and respect you, but not to the point where I will disobey God for your sake. Yeah. And I think that's the, the difficult, challenging line where sometimes a decision has to be made. 
Beautiful. I love this. And, and yeah, and because it's, it's a relational thing, it's a very, it can be a very hard line to draw mm. sometimes. And I come from a culture where we, without, without question, mm. we respect our elders. And there are some times when there are uh, directions given or advice given and we don't like it. But for some of us, we, we just bear it. Um, but yeah, it comes back to, Ultimately, what does God? What is God asking? What is God wanting? What 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 is good? Mm. Yeah, what is God's good for my life? Totally, and 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 that's not like just the individualistic, my personal meaning, uh, like little time of happiness. No, he's talking about ultimate, long term good, which often involves discipline, correction. All of those things are involved, right? And just another little side note that came to me while while we were talking about this: we live in a culture in the West here where honoring our parents is totally forgotten. And look at the outcome on society. Like, let's be real and let's be totally honest. We have gotten to a point where we are not experiencing the blessing of that in our communities at large. And if we were to make that shift and make that change, God's promise is attached to that, that he would let us live long in the land that the Lord our God is giving us. So this is a song by Andrew McLeod, Silken Chords of Love. children really know that Jesus loves them? Can they see it on their Draw them. 
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio. And uh, just before we get back into our Bible study to look at commandment number six, we are... um by the way, we're not going to do one commandment per segment. That's not the plan. But who knows? I mean, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But we're really thinking, cool wow, things that come was... out of what you're studying. Anyway, it's true. And by the way, this is kind of like how how I read. We were having a debate in here about what we would, what some people might call devotions, and what we mean by that word is simply spending time each day reading the Bible and listening for God's voice, mm-hmm. praying. Anyway, in my personal daily time in Scripture in the Bible, I uh, often read like this. Like we read through, think about it, pray about it. Try and figure out what it means. Anyway, hopefully this is helpful to you because you don't, honestly, the truth is you don't need me to teach you. You don't need Tash to teach you. We just need the Holy Spirit and we need humble hearts and God will teach us from his word. And there are times where we learn from each other and that's a great blessing. But uh, hopefully you can put some of this stuff into practice in your own life. I don't know why I'm saying this, except maybe that was a God-led thing that you needed to hear that. Anyway, we wanted to say on that, in light of that, there are times where questions come up when we're studying the Bible and we're not sure about something that means, what it means, or how does that apply in life or to this ethical situation, or what do I do? And we would love to hear from you on those questions. And by the grace of God, we hope that we can be of service in helping to direct you to where some of those answers might be found. If you'd like to call in, you can receive today, if you're the first caller, a free book, which is entitled Radical Protection by Derek Mars. And it goes through the details of Putting on the armor of God, I believe. Yeah, pretty and much putting the armor of God, how to protect yourself from evil. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. And you can get that by calling in with your questions, the first caller who calls or texts to 0491-064-669. That number again is 0491-064-669. All right, we're back in Exodus chapter 20, which is the second book of the Old Testament, Genesis, then Exodus, and we are in verse 13. Okay. You shall not murder. Boom. Simple, short, pretty obvious. What does it mean? Don't kill people. Yeah, we could get into all sorts of debate around exactly we, what this means. And look, in, in, and I don't want to get into that debate. Don't to want be to get into that you debate. can if you want to. No, but. I was just going to say because in in the US, you guys have different types of. You got murder, then you got manslaughter, but here in Australia, it's just murder. Yeah. I'm, okay. Don't do it. <laughs> don't kill people. Yeah. Look, what's, in all serious note, yeah. No, but what's really interesting, and I'm going to highlight this now because it's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to, no, I'm going to say it now. Okay. Because uh, I've just been doing this online – we're calling it an online devotional, <laughs> to use that churchy jargon word um, – on our Facebook page for Coast Life Adventist Church, New South Wales. And what we have been just going through the last four days is we – or even maybe a bit more – is the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' longest sermon. It's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. Another recording of it is in Luke. I forget where. And he actually goes through a couple of the commandments that are listed in here and a couple of the other laws from the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. And one of the ones that he speaks about is actually this one and the one that comes right after it. He says, you have heard it said, you shall not murder. He says, but I say to you. And then he goes on to explain that anybody who has hatred in his heart for his brother is guilty in his heart of the very same thing. And the reason I raise this is, we can we can read these, and on the surface level, these are very very obvious. Don't commit murder, but you might be able to then think to yourself, "Well, I can I can maim, 
Yeah, like I'm not going to be guilty of sin if I if I punch somebody in the face or if I cause them physical damage or harm. It's not murder, right? And and throughout the ages, people have played this game, which, by the way, is legalism. Um, and we often don't think about that term in that way, but that exactly is what that is exactly what that is nitpicking away at what it is and what it is not. But Jesus says the principle that's underneath all of this, the undergirding principle that this law is getting at is not just a superfluous out there, oh, it's just not murder specifically, and let me categorize this, this small little thing and just put a hedge around that and then avoid that, but everything else that's close to is okay. He says, no, no, no. Hatred for humanity is murder in your heart. And guess what? Your heart is from where all sin proceeds in your life because it starts inside and works its way out, not the other way around. Isn't that tr- it's just interesting to me? And I love that because when we look at the, the Ten Commandments per se, what's really beautiful and profound here is that you can really take all of the Ten Commandments and you can sum them up as two commandments. Jesus says this, right? They say, what is the greatest law? What is the greatest commandment? Somebody came to Jesus and he said, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, which is Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 from memory, 4 or 5, or 4 and 5. And he then goes on to say, the second is like it. So law number one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. In other words, love God with everything that you are. And then he says the second command is like it. It's similar. He says love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all the law and the prophets, which, by the way, is a term for the whole of the Old Testament scriptures, which at that time are the only scriptures. So he says the whole of scripture can be summed up in two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that profound? Well, how do you do that? How do you love God? Well, here, let me give you some examples. Have no other gods before him. Don't make idols and worship things of your hands. Don't misuse his name. Keep his day holy. Like these are these are ways to do that. It's it's expanding on and explaining how to keep the Lord your God first in your heart and in your mind and your soul and your strength, right? And then he goes through these other six commandments. Well, how do you love your neighbor? Well, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to murder him. Yeah. Let's be real. You're not going to be violent towards these people, right? And this is what he's communicating. The heart of the matter is these things can be summed up by saying love for God, love for man. Those are the two great commandments. So you could summarize that in one word, couldn't you? Love. love. Agape love, other-centered love. Now remember, love is not just making you happy right now all the time. Sometimes love requires correction, requires discipline, requires a, a, a turning of direction. This is all a part of it, but it's for our best long-term good, even when it costs us something personally. And I love that. I love that. Okay, I think I've labored that enough. I think that's a profound point. No, it's it's a very profound point, and I love that you just you've, you've brought back like what Jesus was doing as well. So we're this is encompassing all of the Bible. Mm. It's not just in in the Ten Commandments. Again, it's being repeated time and time again, and yeah, I, it's it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense, and I also like the heart of the matter. Mm. What is at the heart of the matter? Beautiful. That's loving our neighbor. Mm. Beautiful. And Paul even says, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And I think that's Romans 13.10 from memory. Boom. 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 It's just like a mic drop statement. So, of course, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to be doing these things that God says don't do to them. Duh. Seems so simple and so obvious in understanding. In application, it's a little bit trickier, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Let's read commandment number seven. We got time for that at least. You shall not commit adultery. Okay. Now, here's another, another, like... On the surface level, this sounds really straightforward. Don't commit adultery, right? 
don't cheat on your spouse is what you how you could kind of define that summarily. Um, however, Jesus then goes on in that same chapter of Matthew chapter 5, and he says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. He says, but I say to you, and Jesus doesn't do away with God's law. He actually strengthens it, buttresses it, shows us that it's actually further reaching in its requirements than we ever thought. And Jesus holds us to a harder, like to a harsher, it sounds like a harder line, which is the point. Because he then says, but I tell you, if you have so much as looked at a woman in order to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And what he's saying is, look, you might think you're good because on the surface level, you think you got things together. But I'm telling you, your sin runs deep, son. Your sin runs right to the depth of who you are, and you need a savior. The, the, the requirements of the law you haven't kept, no matter what you think you've done on the outside. He says, you haven't kept it. So he says, you need a savior. And I love this because this highlights the far-reaching depths of what God is saying. He's calling us to a radical sexual ethic, by the way. Not just not to commit adultery, but to have purity of heart, mind, soul, to be in either a, a single celibate state or to be in a position where you are in, in holy matrimony, heterosexual marital union, right, with one person, so long as you both shall live. Like These are, these are high standards. And we haven't all met these, have we? I know that I have failed in many respects in many of these areas. This is why it's so wonderful that God is gracious, because we need that grace. But he's also calling us then by the power of his spirit to surrender our will that he may shift our lives to look more and more like this. And that can be challenging, but it's beautiful. Because let me tell you something. There is no freer life than a life that is lived within the confines of your design. And the Ten Commandments outlines how God designed you and I to function. Right, you can take a fish, and he's pretty free in the water, but he's got some boundaries. Right, if he he can't jump out of the water and do too good, but you take the fish and you put him outside on the land, he's he disregards that boundary of design. How free is he then? Oh, he's free. He does whatever he wants, and then he suffocates and he dies. Right, there are boundaries in life, and God has boundaries of design that are designed because they're the way that He created us to operate and to function, and that's where we will find the freest life possible. kind of man would wash men's feet, get pushed around and turn the other cheek? I want to be more like him every day in every way. So little time he took for himself. He was more concerned for everybody else. I want to be more like him every day in every way. As tears of pain fell from his eyes, he prayed for those who had him crucified. 
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio. Excited to have you with us. We're continuing our study of, well, it, it looks like it's probably based on how we're going with time. We might just be finishing the Ten Commandments today in Exodus chapter 20. We there's were, always hope. There's always hope. <laughs> well, I think there's. I think it's a fantastic passage, and it's worth worth expositing. But it's. Uh, we'll see how we go with time. But anyway, we're in Exodus chapter 20, and we're continuing in with verse. Fifteen, I think it is in a moment. But uh, just before we get into that, we would love to hear from you about your thoughts, your questions. And uh, we have a question of the week portion at the end of our show where we get to try and answer questions that you have. Because guess what? None of us have all the answers. And um, we would love to be able to try and help help you with uh, some of your questions. And by the way, a lot of the questions that get sent in are questions I've never even thought about or asked before. And so they're good for me too. And good for Tash, they're good for us. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. Our first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of a book entitled Radical Protection. And this book is about how to put on the armor of God and how, yeah, um, not only battle firsthand. Sorry, I'm, I've just lost that a little bit. But um, how to battle evil and um, the forces of evil that are that are very, very real. And so if you want to be the first caller in, uh, you can text us or call us on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Awesome. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So we could, like, the truth is, like, as we read through these, we could, we could really expand on these heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps. Um, so we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, okay. But let's let's continue with the next one. All right. By the way, oh, I have so much more I want to say all the time on everything. <laughs> That's not entirely true, but today it is. Yeah. Um, Do you want to keep continue? No, let's on? just continue. Let's continue. And if it comes back, we'll just keep talking about okay. it. Okay. So now we're in Exodus 20, verse 15. You shall not steal. Sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yep. Jesus doesn't comment on that one specifically in the Sermon on the Mount, but... Let's let's ask a question. Let's let's play a little game here. Okay. Um, in what ways might this apply in our lives? Well, to say not to steal means don't take something that's not yours. I know it says that later on in the, in the commandments, but stealing means you're taking something that belongs to someone else. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I don't know. Like, there are so many ways you could apply this, and you could have all sorts of ethical debates. There's like obvious straight up application. Like that wallet's on the ground. It's not mine. Don't take it. Yeah. Right. But think about there. There are times where there are times in life where it's very easy to to kind of just disregard this in a bunch of different areas. But I think it's really what's really neat to me about this commandment is that it really honors, like it really truthfully honors the value of our labor as human beings. Right. Like think about this when when we read the Sabbath commandment, God values rest. Right, And he calls us to set aside one day out of the week, a specific day, to rest from all our labors and to trust him 
But notice what he says in the beginning of this commandment. And I'm indebted to somebody who wrote us a question ages ago. I can't remember who it was. But they they asked, why do we talk so much about the Sabbath on this radio station, but we we never talk about the work that God blesses in the commandment? And he made a great point. Um, It talks about in the Sabbath commandment, six days you shall labor and do all your works. Often people kind of forget about that. But there is value and blessing in work. God didn't design us just to rest. Notice even in the perfect world, there were going to be six days of, of you know, conquering the world, sub, you know, subduing and caring for the planet, right? And yet one day was set aside to be a rest day. So what's really valuable to me about this is when he says, do not steal, it means I'm valuing you and your efforts, your labor to work and to earn and to contribute to society. I'm not going to disrespect you and your humanity by taking things from you that you have earned and worked for that I haven't. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Now, by the way, this is not to say, oh, man, let's just go on the big materialistic capitalism train and that's, you know, it's all about me and get my own stuff. Like, let's be real. There's, there's value in having your own things and in working for them because it, it teaches you to respect yourself, to value other people and time and effort, to be diligent, to be productive. But notice also that there is an immense amount of space given to the idea in Scripture of willingly taking the things that are yours that you have earned by God's grace, which, by the way, he says are all a gift from him anyway, and then willingly giving that to the, you know, with compassion to the needy, to the poor, to the hungry, to the homeless, helping people in their need. Like if you go through all of the sacrifices and offerings and all of the rules that come out in the Torah in the first five books of the Bible about providing for the poor— there is an immense amount of stuff put into there. And you got to remember, this is not like – we kind of forget this sometimes in our Western context. There was no unemployment. There was no dole. There was no uh, like food stamps. There was no Medicare. Medicare. Yeah. There was no Medibank. There was no, there was no social welfare system at all. So when he says do not steal, he's saying don't take things that don't belong to you. But he also goes on to say you need to be willing – to not take all of the things that you harvest. Leave some of the wheat in your field when you harvest so that the poor people can come and earn their living by coming and picking up the grains that are left. You also need to return your tithe so that the priests can eat and provide for their families because they're working and earning their wage by providing spiritual practice for and spiritual education and uplifting for the environment and for the community, right? Like you think about this. He's built this structure so that you do earn things. You do work, labor six days of the week that you contribute. It's not a free ride, but that you also are generous and compassionate to people who have fallen on hard times or people who don't have. And it's really beautiful because it it does not take away the personal onus to be compassionate, which in some ways there are a lot of great things about, say, our social health system. All, there's a lot of great blessings in that, welfare, unemployment. All of these things have great blessings. However, sometimes... Because of those things, we forget to be compassionate, and we lose out on the on the the character development that comes from earning and working and then contributing to the benefit of others out of the goodness of our own hearts because of what God has done for us. Sorry, that was a long sermon. No, no, that's, but I think there's value okay. in that. There's a lot of value in it, and I, and you said that there was not, it didn't have anything to do with the Sermon on the Mount, but I actually think it still does because talking about loving your neighbor because when. Like even now, we can when we're, while we're being locked down, the only people we can actually help are our neighbors in terms of like uh, in terms of distance. But you saying when um, 
not taking what's what belongs to somebody else but but sorry the principle of what you're saying is that we 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 need to be helping our neighbors boom yeah it's 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 not even because we're doing because we have enough because we're we're doing or we're doing well because we have like you're saying you, a portion of of your labor you give back not because you have to but because it's something that we can do and notice this in James chapter 1 uh, I think it's the last verse of James chapter 1 God says this he says religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world so notice that the way the bible describes pure religion is to do two things one don't be stained by the world in other words don't walk in the world's ways but the other application is you have to be compassionate on those who need compassion you need to care for the needs of those who cannot care for the needs themselves yeah. right it is about doing right but it is also about being unstained and notice there's a marrying there it's not just like social justice minus the gospel right and it's not just spiritual application minus physical application the gospel is both yeah. right you don't you don't you, you don't divorce one from the other like true religion is physically practically able jesus healed and taught he didn't wow. just teach and he didn't just heal, right? He did both of those things and they were a vital part and they were connected to each other. And this is what the church is supposed to do. This is what we as Christians are supposed to do. We have a calling and a responsibility by God, from God, to be a part of that. And part of that is not stealing. Wow. Anyway, I think that's great. Let's, uh, we got, we, we're, we've got like a minute left. Can okay. We, can, let's do it. Let's read the next one. Let's right, do it. I they're, will. They're short. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Boom! Oh, Ooh. you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You could get into all sorts of ethical debates about this one and what this means. <laughs> I've had these conversations. Don't with people perjure yourself. <laughs> but but yeah, let's be real. The mm -hmm. truth is a powerful thing. Sometimes people weaponize the truth for their own aims and their own their own goals and their own power, their own ego. But let's be real. Lying and deceit is is never looked upon kindly in Scripture, right? Like, we we are called to be honest people who have integrity, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, but when we speak the truth, he also says we're supposed to speak the truth in love. We're not supposed to weaponize the truth to harm others. We're supposed to utilize the truth for the long term benefit and good of others. Jesus says. If you know the truth, sorry, oh, oh, we're going to go through a break. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said after. This is Lisa Cochran. God leads us along. And the truth.
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio. I felt like I had to slow down because that was so nice, that choral song. That was Lisa Cochran, God Leads Us Along. Beautiful. Um, We are going to do one more shameless plug, the last shameless plug that we can fit in here before we uh, finish this last little Bible study segment and then go to the news and then come back for question of the week, which I'm excited about. And uh, we would love to hear from you with your questions, big hairy questions, questions that are tame and and curious and questions that are about practical Christianity and theologically deep questions, just throw them at us. We'd love to have a look at those questions with you because let's be real. We all, we all have questions and we all need to learn more and want to learn more. Um, in fact, that, that whole last comment, which was totally new to me just to think about there, I, th- I think that was a blessing to me, um, actually was born out of somebody's question that came in a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago that got me thinking about something I'd never really thought about. So, yeah, send your questions in. They're a blessing to us as well. And you can do that by calling or texting 
0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. And the first person who calls in today is going to receive a free copy of this book. The book is called Radical Protection, and it's the cosmic battle between good and evil and how you can put on the whole armor of God. And um, yeah, just be the first first caller in or text us on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Okay. Awesome. So we are back in... Sorry, I'm not talking to the microphone. We no, no, are no. back in <laughs> Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and we are well, – we're, we're almost through the Ten Commandments, actually. It's, uh, it's only taken us it's only taken two us. episodes of the show, and uh, I think that's cool. You know what? I think what's really cool about it, honestly, mm. is that there's so much more depth to these things than we often think. Sometimes we, we read God's Word in a, a real uh, perfunctory way, a really superficial way, and we just kind of – Look at it and, oh, yeah, I know that, and move on. If you're a person who's read the Bible or portions of the Bible multiple times, you probably have done like I have done many, many times and just kind of gloss over it think, oh, I know that, blah, 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 blah. But when you stop and start asking questions like why or, or how do you apply that or what does it mean, why does it say that, all of a sudden things that you just might gloss over, oh, yeah, do not murder, move on, that's simple. But there's so much more depth to it, and that's what Jesus brings out in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's so amazing because Jesus says, by the way, just a, a comment here, Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. And then after he says that, he immediately starts to exposit passages where God had given commandments about how to live, ethical things that that he had instructed the people about. And it's really amazing that he says that. It's not like all of those things then don't apply because Jesus has died in been resurrected and ascended to heaven, and now all of a sudden ethical decisions that God has instructed us about that are out of his character are no longer applicable and or, or useful or any of that stuff. Like, obviously, God wants our character to become more and more like his, because let's, let's, let's get real. We're not going to sin in eternity, right? There's not going to be any sin there, so why would we want to continue to live in sin now? And it's not about me working my way to heaven or any of that nonsense. You can't keep any of those laws by yourself anyway. Get over it. Like, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. It's only by His grace that we can do any of those things. But it's powerful because when we look at these things, they also don't, they're not just like the list of do's and don'ts and, oh, I'm bummed that I can't do that anymore. Like, let's be real. As I have learned to follow these commandments more in my life, and by the way, I'm not doing that perfectly. I've got lots more to learn. But my life gets freer and freer. Like, there's so many more blessings in that. And it's like, it's like that fish illustration I used before, which I think I'm pretty sure I stole that from somebody or a conversation with somebody at least. None of these thoughts are original. Let's be real. Nothing is new under the sun, yeah, Solomon nothing says. nothing is new under the sun. <laughs> but there's so much to be drawn out of these things. Life is freer in the way that God does this. And that's how he announces it. He's like, I look, I set you free. Here's how freedom looks. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Let's read. I think we're up to the last one. Beautiful. Okay. So it's Exodus 20, and we're in verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. I love it. So what's going on here? What in the world does that word covet mean? This is a churchy word that we don't use very often in our uh, our modern Western context. Well, covet's like take, take or... Take. <laughs> that's the simple. That's the simplest word I have for taking or wanting as well. Something that's your neighbor's or wanting his donkey or wanting wanting his ox. And 
it's also similar to um, we were saying, oh, what we were saying earlier about um, taking what's not yours, so you shall not steal. It's very similar to that, but this this time it's more broken down. Like, it's like it, it specifies here. What, yeah, yeah, the things. Isn't it interesting? Like, so so stealing would be something you would do on the outside, right? Like, like literally, your wallet's there. If I take your wallet, I'm stealing from you. Yes. Right? Like, you looked at me with like this real deer in the it's headlights like, kind of look. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, if I stole from you, yeah, that would be a physical, tangible objection—not uh, um, not objective, uh, identifiable okay. action. Yeah. You could witness that, watch it, identify it clearly, right? Yeah. But the the difference is here. He's saying he's saying, don't covet. Yeah. Don't don't even lust greedily in your heart after things that are not yours. And this is where what Jesus is saying on the Sermon on the Mount about adultery in the heart, about murder in the heart. You, you, you're getting a little sampling of this whole idea. And it's really fascinating to think about. There's, there's an interesting story. It's often called the, the rich young ruler, and I think it's in Luke 19 from memory and a couple of other places. But this guy comes up to Jesus, and he's like, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he has a conversation with him. Anyway, he says, oh, you know the commandments. And then he starts listing them, and he lists a list of the commandments that comes from Commandments 5 through 10. And he goes through, and then he intentionally skips one of them, right? If I remember correctly, he starts at 6. It's, it's kind of like he starts at 6, goes all the way to 9, skips 10, and goes back to 5, kind of that thing. So he's very clearly saying, there's one of these that you've forgotten. He leaves one out very specifically, right? Dealing with how to love each other. And uh, the one that's left out is coveting. And what's really interesting is the guy's like, oh, yeah, I've kept all these things from my youth, blah, blah, blah. And he's rich and he's young and he has this love of money. And he says, you're, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. Come follow me. You want to be great in the kingdom of heaven? Sell all your belongings. Sell all your riches. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. He gives him an invitation to become one of the disciples. Like this is huge. This is the greatest honor and privilege that you could ever be given. And he uses his language. And he says, he says all of this. And then the young man goes, Oh, and it says he goes away very sorrowful. He does not accept the call because he was very rich. And what's going on there is that, yeah, he, he wasn't committing adultery. He wasn't murdering. He wasn't lying. He wasn't doing any of these things. But there was one thing that he was doing in his heart. He was coveting. And you can see how that coveting, that longing after other people's riches, other people's goods, that lusting after these things that he did not have, it actually corroded his heart and kept him from accepting the very thing that would have been riches eternal, right? Because what, what good is gold if you, you're dead? <laughs> it's no good. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. do you any good. Yeah. What good's a Lamborghini if you can't drive it, right? Like, and here's the point. He's saying, look, don't even covet these things, right? Don't covet after things that are not yours. Be contented with what you have and what you can obtain. And don't long and lust after the things that are not yours. And if you think about this, it, it, it's fascinating, right? Because he's, he goes through this exa almost exhaustive list. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And when you think about that in the context of a rural society when this was given, like he's basically listed everything, right? He's saying, look, don't lust after the things that aren't yours. Be contented. And if you covered after all of these things and you really focus on that, you're going to become discontented in life. You're going to become greedy. It's going to change your demeanor. You're going to behave towards your neighbors in ways that are for your benefit at their loss. You're going to start to exact. You're going to become 
uh, the kind of person who's going to do physically these other things that have been listed. Why? Because you've been doing it in your heart for so long already. And so right here in this very commandment, he's saying, look, you need, you need to, you need to get to the heart of the matter, so to speak, as we were talking about before. Don't even covet the things that don't belong to you. Don't lust after that which is not yours. Isn't that profound? It's profound. I just love how you touch on the, the contentedness part because he was, ne- was never content in his own heart with what he had. That's why it's continually, it's like this continual hunger, continual, like, just wanting to consume and consume. And I'm just thinking about like where we live right now. Like we live in such a materialistic, consumer driven world. It doesn't matter. Like how many pairs of shoes do we have? Like how, how many do we really need? Mm. But because it's a new style or it's a new this, it's, it's just, I want it. I need to have it. That's, and that's, and it's hard because you, when, when you talk about that story of the young rich ruler, he left sad. He left sorrowful because he knew, he knew that he actually could want Jesus, but he actually, he was so busy and fulfilled with other things. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. There's a passage, uh, and I don't have time to share it probably now, so I'm not going to share it. I'll share it after after we come back. And um, just a, another shameless plug, send in your questions. There's still time. If you send it in right now, you can still get it in for Question of the Week. We'd love to hear from you. This is Robin Mark. Here is love.
For your redemption draws near. Hi, this is Sharissa and Danny, your hosts for Looking Up. Join us every Wednesday between 3.30 and 5.30 for our live show. We cover current news and how it relates to Bible prophecy. We'd love to have your company and interaction, so set your alarm and put it in your calendar. We will catch up then. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Did you know that 80% of Faith FM's operating budget comes from supporters like you? It takes 700 people just like you giving just a dollar a day to keep us running. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and partner with Faith FM today. And for just a dollar a day, together, we can reach Australia with life-changing messages of hope. You're listening to Real Faith, but it's not as real as it could be. Why, you ask? Because this isn't the live show. So as good as this is, the live show is where it's really at. Join us every Thursday from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. so you can be involved live.
darkness And the night will be like day For the Lamb in all His beauty Like a torch will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation home For behold, I am making all things new Write this down, every word is true You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it has come to a particular time of the show. It's a segment that has a nice little jingle that goes something like this. Oh, we should work on some harmonies. I'm telling you, we should really do that. <laughs> Uh, I only recorded that vocal there because as a joke. And I wasn't and there, event- that's eventually why. ended up on the radio. <laughs> Careful what you do when someone's recording. You never know where it could end up. Uh, there's some good practical life advice. All right, so it's some time for question of the week. And uh, unfortunately, big guilt trip. We didn't get any questions today, unfortunately. So didn't. send your questions in during the week. Uh, save them for next yeah. week. We'd love to hear from you. But it just so happens that Tash actually had a question asked of her in the last week or so and uh i think it was uh, maybe i'm lying maybe i'm mistaken no 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 it wasn't you're not you're not mistaken Ah, it was it was a um a girlfriend of mine awesome yeah and she she asked this question and i thought it was a yeah it's a it's a great question which is how can we share god or jesus when we don't live perfect lives or our lives are not like completely 100% following Jesus all the time. And she said, some of the time I feel like a hypocrite if I would be sharing Jesus or yeah, or misrepresenting him in some way. Mm. And I thought it was such a great, powerful question. And, and it's I, relatable, isn't it? And it's totally, yeah, it's totally relatable. This is coming from a, a friend of mine who I've, we've been friends for a very long time, and we actually met in church. So we've been um, going to church. We've been Christians for most of our lives. And when she said that, I was like, "Wow! Like this is, this is something that even even when you're um, in church or when you're not in church, this is still a question that yeah we're struggling with." Totally, and I think it's a great question because there are lots of times where we might think, "Man, Jesus says we should share, and we would like to share, but we look at ourselves and we see our inadequacies and we in, inadequacies, and we think, well, once I get it sorted out, then I'll share. Once yeah. I get this sin in my life under control, then I'll share." And um, that's a that's a great trick for the devil to use to uh, convince us not to share ever. Because guess what you 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 get that sin under control, you might discover oh there was something else in my character that wasn't quite right that now God's working on in my life, right? Yeah. Um, so what are some practical applications? What, what what do we do with that? How do we answer that question? Well, I said to her that that is what you should be sharing. She said, "What do you mean?" Mm. It's like share that the fact that you feel like a hypocrite or you feel like you're not you you feel like you're in, inadequate and i said that is your testimony because your testimony is is powerful because i mean i mean that's what that's what it says in the bible it was by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony 
And when people hear the story of human, like humanity and human brokenness, people can relate to that. And people who are also on this journey of, of faith, on this journey of getting to know God, oh, there's a lot of us that are probably on the same, the same path. Yeah. Yeah, fully. And if you think about this, like, like take it a step further. What is, what is the average non-Christian person's view of the Christian church? It's that it's a group of hypocrites. It's that historically the the broader church through particularly the medieval period is responsible for the Inquisition, is responsible for the death of multiplied millions of people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like how amazingly powerful is it when somebody shares with you, man, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to follow Jesus. And let me tell you what Jesus has been able to do for me and how far from, from where I want to be I am, but, but how far I am not sorry far how far I am away from where I was and there's a there's a power in that honesty because let me tell you something most people are sick to the stomach with hearing about all of the good things minus the bad things right you jump on social media and you go man everybody's Ooh. life looks so perfect but guess what ain't nobody's life perfect nobody on social media is painting an honest picture of themselves as a general rule Right, We show you the great meal that we had this week, but not the 16 bad meals we ate. We showed you the one day we did exercise, but not the, not the five days we sat on our backside and ate chips in front of the television. Right, like we, We're just so dishonest with our presentation that we let that carry into our personal spiritual life where we say, man, I just can't share because all I, I can only share the, the fake me, the good things. But I tell you what, the times where I have shared about the struggles in my life, the times where I've been honest about, man, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but look at, here's some problems I've got, and I don't know the answers to these questions. It opens up opportunities and doors because people go, hey, you're real. You're an honest person. I don't believe the televangelist or the pastor that I met down the street or this guy because because I don't have a relationship with them. I never hear them talk about the bad things. They only ever say positive things, but they never talk about the difficulties of life. And when you say, look, man, I'm struggling. I don't know the answer to that question that you're asking. There's a power in that honesty that opens up and can build rapport enough for people to actually go, oh, well, maybe because you're an honest person, I'd like to hear a bit more about why is it that you actually do follow Jesus. Something else that jumps out to me about that question is, let's, let's, let's take it out of that realm. Take it out of the spiritual realm. Let's say you have children, and your kids are coming up to an age where you want to start talking to them about behaviors that could cause them a lot of problems. And you think, man, let me let me talk to let, let me talk to you about alcohol because I don't want you to be falling into that trap. But then you think back to your life and you go, man, I drank a lot of alcohol in high school and I made a lot of bad decisions. Then I was promiscuous, but I can't really talk to my kid about having standards about ethics and sexuality and what to do with substance use and all of it. I just can't tell them because I feel like such a hypocrite. Well, let me let me ask you something. If you tell them nothing, are you helping them? Yeah, you're not. You're not. Right? Yeah. And what you're doing is you're letting your shame disable you from being a good parent. But let me tell you, there are times where you can communicate with them from a different position of experience and wisdom. You've got to be careful how you do that because you don't want to glorify the things and lead them into that by that means. But let me tell you something. There are times where my parents told me things later on in life. I'm like, man, why didn't you tell me about that bad experience you had as a young person before so that I could have at least got that warning? You know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks for giving it to me now. It's beneficial and it's helpful. But man, if I if you told me that when I was 14, maybe I would have listened and maybe I wouldn't. But I would have had a better chance. And I think in a similar way, when we talk about sharing our faith, none of us are perfect. And you're not, you're not going to have a perfect story to tell them. 
That's the whole point of the gospel. The good news is that God became a man, lived the life that you and I failed to live, died the death we deserved, was resurrected from the grave, conquered death, and offers to us his life that he deserves freely, that God loves us to do that, and that he is offering us a new life, a new way of life, and then he's going to lead us in how to walk that life of surrender. That is the gospel. Like, Guess what? If that's not your story, maybe you need to rethink about whether or not you've received the gospel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's powerful. And Paul talks about boasting in his weakness, not boasting in his strength. He says, look, I was the chief among, among sinners. This is a righteous saying. I was chief among sinners, and look what God has done for me. Not because Paul had reached some ultimate seal of perfection. Look, you can see his temper come out in some of those stories in Acts, can't you? But God is working with his life. And in his imperfection, God's grace becomes even more apparent, and more people are accepting the good news because of what God can do through a broken vessel. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. This is Noema Moore, What the World Needs. In his 
listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it has been a great show. We've enjoyed this time with you today. It's come to the end of the show, and this is the time where we do some real application because, let's be honest, uh, it doesn't mean much unless it reaches into our real life. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, which I was just uh, sharing with some people this morning, uh, reading through this morning and studying this morning, he says, he who hears my words and does them is like a wise man, and he who hears my words and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and his house collapsed. <laughs> All right, so there's 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 practical application here. What can we take from our our study today? There's so many things. I, I love that we just got through the Ten Commandments. Just saying, Robbie. But oh man, so much um, more could be said too, and more than we would know to say. Like you could just you could study this forever. You could study not this forever. There's so much profundity in this. This it's it's profound, and the fact that there's actually principles beneath the Ten Commandments as well. Even and I and I love there were some words that you used um, about it being a bound a good boundary for us because. And even in freedom, we need boundaries. That's right. Yeah. Think about it. For example, there's gravity on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. That's a boundary. It's it's just the way it is. Like you, you don't you can't undo it. And the laws of gravity and the laws of physics, we learn how to fly and do all sorts of things because of those boundaries. But it's cool. Like yeah. boundaries are good and healthy. Um, there is no such thing as a boundaryless world. There's a difference between liberty and license. Let's put it that way. Liberty is operating within the boundaries of design. That's freedom. But then license is the desire to be allowed to do whatever you want without experiencing the natural consequences of those actions. That's not real. It does not exist. It doesn't exist. You can't have that, mm. right? So there are just boundaries to existence. That's just that's just a fact of the way the universe is. is. Like that's, that's how God made it. That's how it is. So let's figure out how to operate out of the best design. And so I guess one lesson that we can take out of today's study on the Ten Commandments is, do you want to live a free life? Do you want to live a life that is full of fulfillment, peace, joy, contentment? Well, get in tune with the design that God made for you because because the reality is God is the maker. He made you. He designed us to live in a perfect world, 
in perfection forever, in perfect relationship with God, in perfect relationship with humanity, in perfect relationship with the earth. And the closer we align our lives with that design, the freer our life becomes, the more peace, the more joy, the more fulfillment, the more satisfaction, and the less, by extension, the less heartache, the less pain, the less suffering, the less struggle, the less neglect, the less abuse, right? Like, imagine the world. Like, I cannot imagine a freer world than imagining a world in which every single individual chose to operate within keeping of these Ten Commandments. Mm. Like, think about that. How free would the world be if nobody ever stole? I would never, I wouldn't even have to have keys, right? Like, I wouldn't have to carry around this stupid bundle of keys in my pocket and worry about losing them and not being able to get to the radio show on time, right? Like, and I, I wouldn't have to worry when I go park at a grocery store about locking the door on my car, worried someone's going to steal my phone when I forgot it at the beach. There, you wouldn't have any of that. And you could apply that to this, the, that same principle to the rest of these commandments. Like, like imagine a world in which nobody like, – like think about it this way. Let's do this. Let's do a super quick exercise because okay. I think this is really applicable. Think about it this way. If, if you were to look at the Ten Commandments and say, well, what does this, this prohibition that we might call – like? You shall not have other gods before me. It sounds like a prohibition, but what's it set you free from? Well, it sets you free from all the false beliefs about gods that aren't real that shape the way that we see and identify the world, ourselves, our value systems, right? It sets us free from fallen, broken systems. What about idols? It sets us free from the belief that we owe our existence to things that we don't owe our existence to. It it sets us free from believing that God looks like us, but believing the truth that we are supposed to look like God, right? Like he's supposed to, ref- his image is supposed to be reflected in us, not the other way around. It sets us free from that. What about like, you know, you shall not murder. You would be free from being afraid to walk down the street in King's Cross or some other, you, you name the city block that you're afraid to walk down. Name that person that you would be afraid to walk by, you know, that bully that, I, that you faced in high school that wouldn't exist. Imagine a world in which there was no adultery. You could be free to trust your spouse for the rest of your life and never, ever have questions about whether or not they loved you and valued you and whether or not you were beautiful or accepted or acceptable. Imagine how free you would feel in your life if you experienced that commitment. Like you could go on and on and on with all these things. The world is so much freer when we follow God's design. Every one of these commandments sets us free. You Imagine a world in which nobody coveted. You would never be feeling jealous. You would never feel greed. You would never feel that insatiable hunger for more that doesn't ever satisfy. You'd be free from that. Like, like you can just look at every one of these commandments, and you can see how the world would just look so much better and freer if everybody chose to follow this kind of life. It would be the freest world that I can imagine. Isn't it beautiful to think about it that way? Like so often people look at the Ten Commandments and say, man, Christian life must be so boring and unsatisfying. Well, I've lived a not Christian life, and let me tell you, it was full of slavery. It was full of addiction. It was full of self, self-neglect. self It was full of negative thinking. It was full of broken relationships. It was full of pain and heartache, depression, anxiety, stress. And my life is so much freer without those things, so much freer. And sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking, oh man, life would be so much better if I just went back to those old ways of doing. And then you go get a little taste of it, and you're like, oh, that's nice for a moment. And then you realize you're becoming a slave again, just like that, just like that. And you realize, man, there is no freer way to live than the way God has called us to live, because it's the way we were designed to function. It's beautiful. Uh, Something else that we could take out of today's Bible study, I think, is love is the deal. Love is the real deal. God is love. His commandments are love. 
He says all of the things that he has instructed us in how to behave, how to live, how to choose, how to think, how to do all this stuff, it all comes back to the principle of love. Love for God, love for others. Yeah. And that can be boiled down to one word. The character of God is love. And therefore, all of the things that he's leading us to do or to not do are extensions of how to love. It's just beautiful. It's absolutely profound. I love it. Yeah, go for it. Chuck it in there. There's time. It's just something that my mentor uh, said today, and it was, uh, what does love require? So wherever we are in life, I think that's a really good life application for us. What does love require of you? Oh, that's beautiful. That's profound. Well, my friends, we are so glad to have had you with us today. Stick around for drive time. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you, or seeing you, you know, kind of talking to you, hearing from you next week. (laughs) And remember that whatever you're doing in your life, remember that love. And remember, my friends, real faith is is lived faith. faith.